Hello, everybody. This is Justin, your co-host for the Expansion Buddies podcast. We're coming at you for week four of sports podcasting content. Uh, Today, I am joined by two other individuals who are also sitting in sweltering rooms across the Montana wilderness. First, I'm joined with my trusty cohort, Jared Miller. I am here. Like you said, I am baking alive as we speak. The windows are closed. The fans are off, but I am ready to talk some basketball today. Yes. And then we are also joined by our good friend, Ryan Murphy, who comes from a long line of basketball fans. Isn't that right, Ryan? It is. It is. Both my dad and my grandmother are fanatical Indiana University basketball fans. And so Ryan today will be our, our basketball expert. He is here to compensate for my lack of knowledge of basketball. Um, I, my favorite team is basically the Space Jam guys, the, uh, the Toon Squad. Uh, <laughs> hey, that's my level of basketball knowledge. Speaking of, uh, good choice. Yeah, speaking of the Toon Squad, you see LeBron uh, flexing that new Toon Squad jersey? for. I did, I did. It looks amazing. I'm ready for the movie. That was one of my favorite movies growing up. I, I can't wait for the second one. I hope it's uh, as good. Oh, it's it's gonna be LeBron a. LeBron always loves to put on a show, so. Yeah, <laughs> it's gonna be a banger. My boy Damian Lillard, I hear, has a pretty significant role in it, so I'm excited. good. He he's playing a pretty significant role right now for the uh, for the Trailblazers too, isn't he? Yes, he is, and we will get to that. I have a whole spiel on them, so we'll get there. Yeah, I suppose without any further ado, as much as I'd love to talk about my. My favorite topic, Tom Brady. I think we need to dive right into basketball because we got a lot to cover and, you know, only so much time to do it in. Yeah, we only have like a set time before we probably all bake alive in our rooms here. So Yeah, um I set the te- I set the timer until my until I'm done baking, so, you know. It, it, also folks, I'm sorry the joke was there. You can uh tweet at us how bad my joke is and how much it failed uh at the expansion BU1 so you can follow us on twitter comment on us we'd love to hear your thoughts you can tell us how wrong we are on these basketball picks yeah oh and please tell us how wrong we are and i will be like yes mm -hmm, yes i see i see let's just get going on these matchups and these picks uh there's eight of them to go through just like we did with hockey last week i feel like we need to give the disclaimer though at least ryan and i i know are aware of some of the results of the game ones of the first round They've happened or are happening as we record this. So I'm not going to let those influence my picks at all. Ryan's not going to let it happen either. We know uh, who you're picking. Yeah, I've seen some. Uh, we talked briefly about it earlier before we started recording. I don't know enough to see how or to understand how much this would impact any future games. So it shouldn't affect my picks either. And Ryan, you're on the honor system too. We know it. Honor system. Me. What? <laughs> All right. Let's just read off those matchups real quick. We'll start in the East. Uh, one seed Milwaukee Bucks against the eight seed Orlando Magic. This is one of those results that uh, we are all very aware of because Tuesday, a couple hours before we started. There the- was some magic. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the magic worked some magic and they pulled off a big upset in game one. And uh, I believe me, gentlemen, I definitely let my brother know about it, too. He's a big Milwaukee Bucks fan, so I, uh, I had to text him right away. Yeah, and what did he have to say? I'm curious, actually. Uh, he's, well, he started making excuses, and he said that technically the Magic have the home court advantage, and I told him that is, uh, oh, yeah, yeah, that's what he said. Uh, no, I told him I'm not going to let that one fly because there's no fans there. No. And they've all been down in Orlando for so long at this point. It's like everyone lives down there. So I don't want to hear it. Well, yeah. Isn't that the, oh, I guess it's everybody's got a cousin in Miami is, is the Jimmy Buffett song, but everybody lives down in Orlando at some point, right? Yeah, well, they, all the, all the teams playing do right now. So I'm not going to hear any of that <laughs> home court advantage talk. Yeah. That's, I, we might have to get his thoughts on this uh, after that series is over, but. Oh, if, if the magic beat him and they run this thing and they knock the Bucks out, we're getting him on here, and he's going to have to defend that. <laughs> What's well, that next matchup then, Jared? Uh, next one in the East, the 2-7, is the defending champion Toronto Raptors versus the Brooklyn Nets. They're- yeah, that's one I'm, I'm somewhat excited to talk about, actually, when we get to it. Yeah, you've got a whole story pertaining to the Nets, don't you? I do, I do. I, I do have some stories about the Nets. 
All right, we'll get to that. Then we got the 3-6 matchup, the one I'm really intrigued by, the Boston Celtics and the Philadelphia 76ers, an old-time rivalry that I remember my dad talking about a lot. My dad's a big 76ers fan, so that's a rivalry that goes way back in the East. And then the 4-5 matchup, I think one of the more evenly matched teams, the Miami Heat and the Indiana Pacers. It's going to be a really good one, too. Then moving on to the West, we've got the one seed Los Angeles Lakers against my boys, the number eight seed, the hopeful Cinderella's of the dance, the Portland Trailblazers, who had to scale a mountain just to get into this position. I'll get into that a little later. The two seed Los Angeles Clippers, LA well represented this year in basketball. As most people who follow the sport know, the Clippers are playing the seven seed Dallas Mavericks. Then we've got the series I know Ryan's interested in, the Denver Nuggets and his Utah Jazz. How are you feeling about that one, Ryan? I'm just happy we're not playing the Rockets. That's uh, that's fair. <laughs> and uh, speaking of those Rockets, they are going to be playing the Oklahoma City Thunder in the 4-5 matchup, another series that I think is going to be really good. So that's your eight games or your eight series. Let's jump into them and start giving our picks. Let's go back to the East and let's start with that 8-1 matchup, the Bucks and the Magic. Ryan, you can start. Okay, so I think we're all a little stunned by what happened today. But you know what? Honor system, and I really don't care anyway. The Bucks are just so much a better team than the Magic are. Like, they're a better team without the best player in the world, and they happen to have that. Like, there's just no one can guard Giannis right now. He's he's a freak. I think, you know, the Magic are, I, I don't know, right? Like, they're just sort of outclassed. I would have picked the Bucks in four, but clearly I'm a little wrong here. Yeah, so you're still going with the Bucks then. I'm still going with the Bucks, even even after this. I just, it's a fluke. Basketball yeah. happens sometimes. Yeah, well, and I was going to say, going into the playoffs and when I first saw all the matchups, I didn't think that there would be any sweeps but I thought if there was the best chance of one happening, it would have been between the Magic and the Bucks. And I don't know. I was wrong as well as I think a lot of people were. Even I'm sure a lot of Magic fans probably didn't see that coming on Tuesday. But I will say this. I know that the Magic also beat the Raptors in game one of round one last year. And then they ended up getting stomped in that series. And the Raptors went all the way to win the title. So, yeah, I'm kind of agreeing with you here. I think it's definitely a fluke and not a norm. I think that now Milwaukee's going to be really ticked off. And I think that uh, I think that they could win this thing in five now. I think that sounds pretty reasonable. Yeah. Justin, what about you? I am also going to pick the Bucks. Um, from the the amount of basketball I've seen, they they seem like they're incredibly competent. Uh, they play good basketball, and I I just can't deny how cool those Cream City jerseys are. I I love them. So if there's an X factor in the series, it's if they wear the Cream City jerseys, right? Yes, I I'm calling it now. If they wear the Cream City jerseys, they don't lose a game while wearing them. <laughs> all right, all right. And that's my hot take of the day. All right. Well- um. But also, I, I can get behind that hot take. Yeah, I think that you know maybe it's a good luck charm that they lost to the uh, the Magic in the first game. If that's what happened with the Raptors last year, maybe that's the maybe the Orlando Magic getting giving you one like tough game that shouldn't necessarily be so tough. It's a good luck charm. Maybe that's how they win it. Are you saying that maybe the Magic rubs off on the other team? Hey, I am. I am saying. Uh, oh, I'm. I'm not proud of that. But <laughs> all right. So we have uh, across the board picking Milwaukee. No surprise there. Let's go to Toronto and Brooklyn. And Justin, I know you want to talk about this one, so I will turn it over to you first. Yes. Yeah, so in in the little I've followed basketball before, I guess I would be a quote unquote Nets fan. Um, and there's a little story behind that. So here, several years ago, the the Brooklyn Nets were, I guess the nice word is bad, beyond bad. They were abysmal. The very nice word is bad, yes. Yeah. You're, you're still giving them way too much credit for how good they were. Or yeah. Or how, you know. <laughs> yes. Um, but they were so bad that they made everything in their store, like, up to 90% off online. And, Jared, you actually are the one that told me. You're like, holy cow, you got to see how much this, how yeah, cheap well, this stuff is. I saw something on Facebook, and I was like, oh, this has to be – 
one of those like those like knockoff you know foreign apparel websites and no it was the nets official team store everything was like 80 percent off it blew me away yeah so we ended up uh jared myself and my brother zach we all ended up buying stuff i got a shirt a jersey a jeremy lynn jersey actually shorts a hat i got a bucket hat it's so cool i wear it still sometimes um cool is not what um my students say about it but i still think it's cool and a, a basketball, all for under 50 bucks, I believe it was. It was insanely cheap. And we got this stuff and, you know, Jared is obviously a Trailblazers fan. My brother is, um, he tolerates the fact that basketball exists, I think. That's he, about. <laughs> he roots for anyone. It's Milwaukee. I think. Yeah. Because of their proximity to Green Bay, I think. Yeah. Um, but anyway, we were looking like, okay, so if someone asks us about the Nets, what do we say? And Jared gave us basically well if someone says anything just say it's a shame about lynn because at the time he'd been hurt and him being out really negatively affected the team and that was something that i several times i had someone say like oh how about them nets i'm like nah, shame about lynn They're like yeah really a shame about lynn man <laughs> really need him and so it worked so i kind of faked my way quote unquote through being a nets fan <laughs> yeah so anyway it's, it's kind of interesting that the nets are now playing the raptors because that's where jeremy went Lynn went last year he actually signed a one-year deal with the Raptors in 2019 and he got his ring with them and now the Nets are they've really bounced back from where they used to be and you know whether or not they're the strongest contender I guess I'll say this year they are playing the Raptors who are also Lynnless. Jeremy Lynn now plays in the Chinese Basketball Association for the Beijing Ducks you know I can see there being a little bit of uh, a friendly rivalry I guess I could say because you know the Nets, their their biggest talent for so long was Jeremy Lin, and the Raptors ended up scooping him up last year, and he definitely helped him on that uh, playoff run, I'd say. So I can see there being kind of like, a, hey, you took our best player. Yeah, I, I think it'll be some interesting games. I think the Nets might surprise us and take a game or two, but ultimately I do think the Raptors end up winning this because I think ultimately they've got the better playoff experience and i think experience definitely pays in the playoffs you know i i sort of can't help myself but root for the raptors because like you know they traded their best player away like two years ago now for what did turn out to just be one year from Kawhi. like that's this huge crazy risk but like they fired the coach who just won coach of the year like who does that but they took these chances and it paid off last year like that's like it's just a cool story right and then like now they don't have you know a quote unquote top top player right pascal siakam's awesome but he's not he's not Kawhi, and they're still number two in the east good for them like i just just find myself rooting for the raptors like good for them so let me ask do you think that leads more to the fact that or leans more i should say to the fact that the Raptors are a better overall team to some of these teams that have like one big name player that they kind of rely on. Like, and again, I'm coming from a place of somewhat ignorance, but you know. The, a normal NBA playoff rotation is going to be about eight or nine players deep because you just, you want to give your best players the most time on the court as possible. Right. But you can't play a whole game unless you're LeBron James going crazy. And then even then, you know, there's that moment where he overheated in Miami, right. Cause he was playing too many minutes. Yeah. So it's usually about eight or nine players deep. The Raptors are genuinely eight or nine good players deep. And you can't say that about every team, especially this year with so many injuries and then people just not being there for, you know, COVID reasons. Like that's really, really important that they don't see as much of a drop off as other teams do when they go to the bench because they're just, they have so many good players who, who can step in and play all over the board. So, yeah, it sounds like they've got, instead of like one great player and some, some backfield basically, they've got you know a multitude yeah, of and i'm not i'm not go- ragging on pascal siakam and kyle lowry and marcus all the top of that rotation right they're really good players but they're not mm-hmm. you know they're not the clippers right who have these two players who are going to be the best two players on the court anytime they're on the court that's i i guess as a casual observer of basketball that's what i've seen you know i've seen lebron go between several teams now but that team is always like oh that that's lebron's team i don't see that with the raptors or right now, uh, and no offense meant to you, Jared, or the Trailblazers, but that's what I'm seeing with the Trailblazers. You keep, you see, you keep seeing Damian Lillard and the amazing things he's pulling off to keep these, the, the Trailblazers alive in this, but it doesn't seem like that's the case with the Raptors. 
Yeah, I would uh, I would definitely agree with that. And uh, and I just love Nick Nurse. He is one of my favorite coaches in the league, probably outside of Terry Stotts in Portland. I think Nick Nurse is a brilliant basketball mind. Uh, he won coach of the year last year, and I think he's in the running for it again this year. I think he should get it. Yeah, and granted what you said, Ryan, how they kind of went – they took some gambles and went all in on last year and it paid off. So he was obviously helped by that. And I think that's also a big testament to their GM, Bobby Webster for building such a fantastic team and the depth that you guys have both touched on is there. Yeah. I don't think you can ever count out Nick nurse. And it's like you pointed out too, Justin. I mean, they ran all the way to a championship last year. So they have the experience in the big games and some close games. That's going to serve them really well going through these playoffs. And I just don't see how the Nets could get past them. Like you said, they might take one, maybe two, but the cream of the crop rises to the top in a seven-game series, and Toronto is going to come away with this win, and they're going to move on. I just don't see how it's going to happen any other way. No, I agree with you. So another clean sweep across the board. Raptors for all of us. Let's go to Boston and Philadelphia now. A series that I'm really intrigued by, honestly. I could see this one going six or maybe even seven. In the end, I think Boston gets it. I think that they're just a more well-rounded team with guys like Gordon Hayward and Ennis Cantor. And I... I speak from a point of extreme bias when I talk about Ennis Cantor because he was an absolute warrior for my Blazers last year in the playoffs. Well, as you are, if, he, if he played for the Blazers, he would have been a, trails bla- a trailblazer, not a warrior. Warriors okay. are a different team, buddy. Thank you. Thank you for clearing that up. He was an absolute animal for my team in the playoffs last year. And he fought through injury, and he was – a reason that Portland won some of those games last year. So I know what he's capable of. The dude has heart. I've been a fan of the guy ever since what he did for Portland last year. And I know that the Sixers don't have Ben Simmons right now. That's going to definitely hurt them. They still do have Joel Embiid. For me though, it kind of depends on what Sixers team you're getting every night. Like they, if they're on, they're on and they're hard to stop. But if they're off, I feel like even the Nets could beat them. <laughs> what's your, what's your take on it, Ryan? Well, it's weird. Cause Ben Simmons is like in as outside focus, right? As three point focused as the NBA is right now, Ben Simmons is like a historically bad shooter and yet he's a star player, right? So while they're missing him, that might open up more space on the outside. But at the end of the day, right, it's hard to pick a team who's missing missing their second best player, right? That's that's hard. It's the NBA. We're only talking again eight or nine players, and here's a really good one who's out. So yeah, I got I got to agree with you. I think Boston's going to come through in the end. But Joel Embiid is when he takes over, it's it's scary. No one can guard him. Justin, uh, I am going to pick the Celtics as well. Um, not for any of the excellent reasons you guys listed, but because. I have a student, um, Lily, if you're listening to this, this is for you. Um, I have a student who her favorite team is the Boston Celtics. So I feel like I got to pick the Celtics because I've watched her on when we take FFA trips. She's been on her phone trying to watch the games on the road. She's, she's a huge fan. She lives for basketball, playing it, watching it. Um, she's told me multiple times I need to keep a basketball in the classroom just so she can play with it. So, she, so that's why I'm p- picking the Celtics. She's a diehard, it sounds like. Yes. All right, well, that's as good a reason, isn't he? And the other thing, too, that I want to say about Boston, very similar to Toronto, uh, they have experience going pretty deep in the playoffs, too. The years there where the Cavs were always representing the East in the finals, it seemed like they almost always met up with Boston in the conference finals. Boston would always give them a pretty good series, if I remember correctly. So Boston has... Yeah, they did. Yeah, so Boston has that uh, experience, too, and that... That could serve them well going forward, too. And, hey, if something does happen where Milwaukee does get ousted early in an upset, watch out for the Celtics in the East because they're just as good as the rest of that field, I think, maybe outside Milwaukee. But let's go to the final game in the East, the really a toss-up, I think, anyway, the Miami Heat and the Indiana Pacers. Who wants to take this one first? Yeah, so I'll take a stab at this one. So this is probably my pick for the best series in the first round. These two teams are 
just so evenly matched and they do a lot of, they have a lot of the same stuff going on, right? Where they're, their best players are going to be matched up against each other. And that's always really exciting too, right? When it's like you, you get to see Victor Oladipo and Jimmy Butler have to guard each other. They don't get to just slack off on the defensive end and turn in a great offensive performance, right? They have to deal with each other the entire game. Um, I'm sort of obligated to pick Indiana because, again, Oladipo is the best player. Even though he's coming off of an injury right now, he's coming back. He's the best player to come out of Indiana in a long time. My dad and my grandma get super excited about him. So I don't really get a choice here, but, uh, hey, I think I can back that up, right? So, Justin? You know, uh, it's, this is – I've definitely gotten to a point where I, I know almost nothing about these teams. So, I, I guess the I'll – He'd have the cooler jersey. <laughs> he'd have the cooler jersey. Oh, they have those vaporwave jerseys, don't they? The Miami Vice one. Yeah. Ooh, ooh. Well, Ryan, I was going to go with, with Indiana because of you, but I'm sorry. You sold me on Miami. I like those jerseys. Uh, don't yes, thank you for tuning really in to the Jersey Buddies podcast where we pick teams based on how cool their jerseys are. We are professionals. Well, like I said, in this series especially, that's probably as good of a reason as any to pick a team because this is a real toss-up for me. This game, I think this series goes to seven, quite honestly. It's like Ryan said, the individual one-on-one matchups are going to be so good in this one. I really like Oladipo. I think he's a phenomenal player, but I really like Jimmy Butler too. I know what he's capable of. I think anyone who follows basketball does. Uh, the Heat also have a former trailblazer, Myers Leonard. He's he's pretty solid. So I don't know. I think all around this series is going to be just back and forth, and it's going to be nip and tuck, give and take. And I think this thing goes to seven, but in the end, I do have Miami taking it also. So I'm with you, Justin. I feel like I need to start buying jerseys now. Well, if you're going to, I would definitely start with either the, uh, well, the Cream City, like you said, or the Miami Vice ones. They're both pretty good. Yeah, I got a, I got a backlog of jerseys I need to get because that's, I do, I, I just, man, I like jerseys. They're just, there's some of them are so cool. The Heat do have a pretty good logo too. I got to admit that uh, the flaming basketball going through the hoop, that's, that's pretty classic. It is pretty, would you say it's pretty hot? Oh, it is. It definitely is. I, uh, fun fact, when I was a little kid, I actually went to a Miami Heat game. Family was down in Miami for a wedding, and we got tickets to see him play the Trailblazers, actually, who at the time I definitely didn't know a lot about. I was not a basketball fan by any means, but I loved Dwayne Wade back then. And uh, I, I remember my brother and I both had Dwayne Wade jerseys on. We were pulling for the Heat all night. They ended up winning, so I didn't even know it, but I actually rooted against the Trailblazers in the one <laughs> NBA game I've been to. So. Oh, man. I'm, I'm looking at those Miami Heat jerseys right now. The black ones, with they got the the blue and pink piping around the arms yeah. and neck. Oh, those are sweet. I want one of those. Did you ever see what their court looked like when they would wear those? I did. I did see that, actually. Um, you had to say that for me to remember it. Um, but, yeah, I did see it. I think it's – that's one thing that I really like about the NBA is – Right now, I'm coming just from the aesthetics. I love some of the stuff they do with the courts. Is it the Bucks that their court kind of looks like a forest, or am I misplacing it? Yeah, that's them. Yeah, I I, I love that. I know. Yeah, I think I've seen some stuff online that people don't like that, but I think it looks super cool. Little uh, side tangent: Uh, in college, actually, my Oregon Ducks do that too. At uh, in Eugene, their court actually kind of has like tree shadows all around it, and I've heard that opposing teams absolutely hate it because it throws off their depth perception. I, so, I so believe that. As somebody who did not play basketball at remotely that high a level, but whenever you got a weird court, I so believe that it would throw that off. I didn't realize that Milwaukee did the, uh, the forest court, though. It shows how much I watch their games. I have a fun story, too, about seeing the Heat in person. That's the first ever NBA game I went to was in Salt Lake City. We just moved there, and it was Jazz Heat. Um, and it turns out that after having seen, you know, probably 15 to 20 more NBA games in person, that's still the best individual performance I've ever seen any player put in and live. And no one could guard Dwayne Wade. I don't even remember if Shaq was playing that game or not. It was when he was, was when he was there. And the fact that I don't remember whether Shaq was playing or not tells you how unguardable Dwayne Wade was. Like he was just constantly dunking. I mean, he probably got five or six dunks that game. That's just because the Jazz could not keep up with him. He was just beating that defender every time 
Yeah, if I remember anything from my Heat game too down in Miami, it was that also. Dwayne Wade was just – he was electric. I mean, it got to the point where every time he had the ball, like the stands, we all rose up and were – you could feel it. I mean, he was just having one of those nights and for, you know, for the life of me, I couldn't tell you his stat line or anything from the game, but I do remember that he stole the show in uh, the game I went to too. So what I'm hearing, yeah, is know, I like, need to go to a Miami heat game. Well, now that Dwayne Wade's retired, I mean, you can go for you to go to a Miami heat game 10 years ago, right? You go for Jimmy Butler, I guess, but, but I'm, I'm the only, I'm feeling mm-hmm. left out of the cool kids club right now. I'm the only one that hasn't gone. We'll get you to one. We'll get you. All right. So uh, that will wrap up the East. And that one, that was the first one that we actually had different picks. Justin and I went with Miami. Ryan, you, uh, through blood, it felt like we're forced to go with Indiana. Uh, you know, through blood. But I think I'll, I'll stand by it. It's, it's yeah. awesome. So why not pick Why not pick against you too, right? Someone's got to be different. Oh, definitely. Well, let's move over to the West, though. We got the Lakers versus the Trailblazers. And uh, I would like to take this one first, if I may. Actually, I think I need to take this one as the resident Trailblazers. (laughs) I'm just kidding. Go ahead, Jared. All right. I'm trying to pick with my brain and not my heart. Because my brain tells me that the Trailblazers lose this series in six. My heart tells me we pull it off in seven in a huge upset. I... I know that the Lakers have put together a really good team this year. LeBron James, I don't have to say any more other than his name. He speaks for himself. Kyle Kuzma is another up-and-comer in this league. He's going to be a star. The Lakers have a very, very well-rounded, well-put-together team. And I'm honestly a little bit mortified at the mountain that my Trailblazers have to go against in this one. But I have watched pretty much every game that the Blazers have played in this NBA restart in Orlando. And they have played extremely close games and they've won. They've only lost two so far. They lost to Boston in a close one and they lost to the Clippers in a close one. Damian Lillard is playing on a whole nother level. And it feels like I say that every year during playoff time because he, it feels like he is, but this year especially feels different. He had a streak there where he put up 51 points in a game, 61 points in a game, and then 41 points in a game. The crazy thing is that performance was almost not enough to beat the Nets or the Memphis Grizzlies in the playing game. He carried the team enough, as did some other guys that I'll get to in a minute, to get us to the playoffs. Uh, I think I read where Portland only had a 9% chance or odds of making the playoffs when this whole restart started, so they really kind of went against all logic to get here. And so they're riding in with momentum. I'm trying so hard not to put a ton of false hope into this, but I really think we have a chance to make this series competitive. I don't know if Portland's going to get blown out in any games. I think they're all going to be close in this series, but it's going to have to be the Lakers versus the Trailblazers and not the Lakers versus Damian Lillard. Because if it is just the Lillard show, we're not going to have enough to get it done. We need guys like CJ McCollum and Carmelo Anthony, Yusef Nurkic to all, I mean, everyone's got to be clicking every night if we're going to have a chance in this thing, because if we're not, then LeBron James is going to, he'll, he'll run all over us. And I think this could be a high scoring series. Cause I know that Portland doesn't always play the best defense. I, I think that if the game is, I think the key will be keep the games close because if they're close at the end, I don't care who you are, even if you are the one seed LA Lakers, if there's, if we're down by two and we have the last possession and Damian Lillard has the ball in his hands, you're shaking in your boots a little bit. And if you're not, you're lying. So I don't know. I, I, I'm going to pick with my brain and I am going to say the Lakers, I obviously wholeheartedly pray that I'm wrong and that my Blazers can pull it off. But I I think the Lakers I think they're the one seed for a reason. I think they are going to do just enough to get by us, but I do think that Portland's going to give them a scare. So with that, I will turn it over to one of you. Um, I mean, it's going to be a fun series. It's going to be a lot of offense. It's going to be a lot of scoring. Barry Cantavius called well Pope now since he has to guard Lillard. That's a, it's a real fun place to be, but. No, I think you said it right, where it has to – other players have to step up. It can't just be Lillard. Yeah. Or the Blazers are in so much trouble. 
Well, and that was the problem when we played the Warriors in the Western Conference Finals last year. It seemed like Lillard, and even he kind of had an off series, I felt like, in that one. But he was the one showing up every night, and we got swept. So that's not the formula for winning in the playoffs. I mean, winning against the number one seed. Yeah, I would, uh, I would agree with you. I'd really like to, I'd really like to pull for the Trailblazers here because I think they're having such a fun run right now. They did so well in the play-ins, like you were saying. But you know, you know, a player is doing well for me to take notice of them, and that's without you telling me or anything. I was seeing headlines. I was. You know, I was like, oh man, this Lillard guy's just playing a heck of a game. You know, it's something, it's, he's playing right now like someone that is forcing you to take notice in the same vein that, you know, great players of the past have, you know, those players that make you want to watch basketball. You know, your Michael Jordans, your Kobe Bryants, you get the idea. Uh huh. Yeah. He's a fun player. I, I mean, yeah. I love him, obviously, but. Yeah, he's he's exciting to watch. But I think you put it well. It can't be the Lillard show because the Lillard show is fun to watch, but it falls flat with when you put it against a a full cast. It's yeah. got to be the Lillard show with friends. Be, let's be honest. Definitely. So who's your pick? So Jared, let me ask you a question here. Okay, the NBA all-time playoff scoring record is sixty-three points in one game. Did Damian Lillard break it this year? Oh, that's tough. Because his career best is 61, which he's done twice. So that'd be asking him to beat his career best. But again, it's hard to say no with the way he's been playing. That's a, I think push comes to shove, I'm going to say he probably won't. But I wouldn't be as shocked as maybe I should be if he did. How does that sound? That's, that's a good answer. Okay. I, I, bet, I bet he has two games, though, where he breaks 50. How's that? I like it. I like it. All right. Two games where he breaks 50. So what's your guys' pick then on this one? I'll go Lakers in five. Lakers for Ryan. I, as, as much as I said, I'd like to pick, and I'm, I'm being a lot, I'm trying to be a lot more realistic than I was with hockey. Although I'm still pulling for those Canadians. Let's go boys. (laughs) Um, As much as I would really like to see, the Trailblazers win, and I really I am hoping they do because I think that's seeing those underdog stories. We, I I think just we as Americans we like that inherently more because of you know our, our heritage and culture, but I think that's just more fun to watch that way. That being said, I think right now the Lakers are playing they're playing their normal good basketball. They've gone ahead and they've really put together a fairly good team from what I've seen. But I think they're also, with, with the passing of Kobe Bryant, I think right now they're playing for more than just themselves. They're playing for the organization, the memory of Kobe, you know, the city itself. I, I see them taking this, you know, beyond just themselves, if that makes sense. Yeah. Kind of like what the Saints did when they won their Super Bowl. Yeah. You know, more for that. It was more than just them. So it sounds like you're going Lakers too. I am. I am. All right. So that's a, across the board. We've got the Lakers. I hope, I hope to all hope that we're wrong. We'll see, but I just want a good series. And I think we're going to get that at least. So let's move on to the other LA team, the little brother of LA. It has seemed in years past the Clippers versus the Mavericks. Uh, I let someone else start with that one. Go ahead, Ryan. Luka Doncic. Like just, what like he's so exciting to watch he's crazy like he'll just do stuff that no one else would try and it's so cool and it's so fun and it's just like it's also just fun to see like here's a future superstar of the nba playing his first playoff series like it'll probably go badly because that's what happens when you play your first playoff series but wouldn't it be really fun if it didn't like if you know one of these future superstars did something crazy well and now they have you know they have chris stops too and I think this is his first playoff series as well. He certainly didn't go there with the it. It is. So, uh, yeah, I, they are an exciting team. I agree with you. But uh, who do you think is going to win? That's a different question. Uh, that is a different question. I'm going to go with the Clippers. Um, and, again, it's just as fun and exciting as Doncic is, the Clippers are going to have the best player on the floor between Kawhi and Paul George, right, like, these are two just top-notch NBA players. There's, there's not 
there's no one that can guard them, let alone anyone that can guard them on the Mavericks. I, I would agree with that. I, I'm going to go Clippers also. It just for me, it's the Kawhi Leonard factor. Uh, that's another guy I'm a huge fan of. I became a huge fan last year when he made the run with the Raptors. Uh, I think it would be really cool to see him win his third title with his third different team. I don't think that's ever been done. That before. would be really cool. Yeah. So, and I mean, I guess LeBron has the chance to do that too, but. Yeah, LeBron. I think Dallas is a young, fun team. I really like Luca. I really like Kristaps. I really liked him with the, with the Knicks. Although I think now his talents are going to be way more utilized in Dallas, but yeah, it's, it's hard to pick against the Clippers the way they've been playing all year. They've gone toe to toe with the best of them all season. It seems like, and they've, you know, eight times out of 10, at least have put up a really good fight. So it's hard for me to pick against the Clippers. And I think I'm going to go with the Clippers as well. Um, you know, for all, a lot of the same reasons you guys are. And also just the fact you know, like you said before, Dallas is young. They don't have a lot of playoff experience. And I think this is going to be kind of their stepping stone into it. They're going to come in, they're going to play, they're going to get knocked out in the first round. And then we're going to see them come back next year with more vigor and they're going to do much better. It, it's just one of those things as, as a young team that hasn't played that level together before, it just sometimes doesn't come together. A lot of times it doesn't come together. Yeah. I, I totally can see what you're saying happening play out they're going to get ousted this year but I think they're next year and the years to come this could be a team that you know is a perennial playoff team in the west yep yep that's that's my I'm locking that in too right. I'm, I'm I'm saying they're going to be there next year and they're going to be there to play all right so we've got the Clippers across the board we are picking really similar tonight guys we need to start arguing more this isn't good podcast I don't think oh <laughs> well, here we go we're going to get, I know what's up next. So yeah, we're going to get to, we're going to let Ryan take the reins on this next one, Denver and his Utah jazz. Uh, I want to start Ryan by just saying, I absolutely love Donovan Mitchell. And with that, I'll turn it over to you. I, I also absolutely Donovan, you know, those things that he got drafted into Utah before he had a car. And so he was having to get shuttled to practice every day. <laughs> And then, like, some reporter was like, hey, what have you done about, you know, what have you seen in Utah? Have you, you know, have you been down south? Have you been to Moab? Have you been to national parks? And he was like, no, but that sounds really cool. Let me go. And he went that summer. And, like, it's just, you know, Utah's a market where, like, it's easy to be excited about living and playing in New York or in L.A., right? Like, or in Miami, right? Like, that's a, like, I get that, right? I get where LeBron James would want, would want to go to Miami and Los Angeles. And Utah's not that, though. And it's just so fun, especially after we had the, we've lost our last however many superstars to free agency, right? That like someone's excited about playing in Salt Lake City. And that is so big as a Jazz fan, right? So like we all love Mitchell for that. Um, I think we're in big trouble. That being said, though, like the Nuggets are not the Rockets, but it's also not who we wanted to see in the playoffs. It's just not a good matchup for us because Nikola Jokic is going to go stand outside the three-point line, and he's going to drag the best defender in the NBA out there to have to guard him, which means he's not standing at the rim, protecting the rim. And that just really, really hurts our defense. And that's sort of what this Utah team is built on, is good defense. And to top that all off, we're missing two key players. So as much as I want to, we're in big, big trouble here. So you're going with Denver? I'm going with Denver. It, you know, it hurts, but it's just like, you, you can't get mad at Mike Conley, right? He stepped outside the bubble to go see his kid get born, right? Like, that's the right thing to do. Oh, definitely. But at the end of the day, we're now missing, we're now missing a super important piece. And then Bogdanovich is out with a, you know, he had a surgery. So like Mitchell went for 57 when they lost, like he's not going to do that every night. Where do the points come from? If you're Utah, right? You're missing two big scores. And and Denver takes away one of the best things about the Jazz team, which is Gobert protecting the rim because it lets everybody else chase the three-pointers more aggressively. Because So what if they get beat? It's not like they're giving up a free dunk because Gobert's going to challenge anybody at the rim. I'm, again, I'm glad we're not playing the Rockets, but it's not the year, sadly. Yeah, well, and I I think for, I, I really like your Jazz team. In fact, if there was a team I would root for outside of Portland – 
this year, it would probably be them. Cause like I said, I really like Donovan Mitchell. I love the kids charisma. And like you said, he clearly wants to be playing in Utah, which is not something we've heard about for quite a while. Uh, I think Gobert is a beast on defense. I think he's one of the best defenders in the league. Um, but I know, I think back to Portland series with Denver last year in the second round of the playoffs and what Jokic did to us, that dude is he's so good. It's, he's just, he's almost impossible to stop really. I mean, he, he, we won that series barely in seven, but he tore us apart almost every game and there was nothing that Portland could do about it. So it's, just, I just can't pick against Denver in this one either. I, uh, I would, again, I'd really like to be wrong, but I, it, I just have to go with the nuggets. I think they're just a all around better team. And it's like you said, it's just, it's a hard matchup for Utah. So yeah, nuggets for me as well. Um, I guess I honestly, I don't have too much to add to this. I think that's one thing I've noticed for Utah sports is what you guys have been talking about. It's a hard market for, to get players to come to. I know Jared, we were talking here last week that, and you were telling me a lot of players say, yeah, we don't like playing in, playing in Utah because there's nothing to do after the game or, you know, when you're, or not, I guess after the game, but you know what I'm saying yeah, you know, yeah. uh, while you're there and Grant, correct me if I'm wrong, but the city closes fairly early. Yeah. You know, it was when they were playing the Warriors in the playoffs a few years ago, I think it was Matt Barnes made the remark about something like there's nothing to do in Salt Lake city. And a bunch of the local news organizations put out a like, here's all the things you can do in Salt Lake City. And they're all these like family friendly things, right? It's not something that you would expect an NBA player to be like, yeah, yeah I'm going to get really excited to go do this. And so, yeah, I don't think I LeBron's like, really excited to, to be read that article IT, here. Yeah. I, hey, you know what? We can buy furniture. That's, that's great. Um, <laughs> I've been no, Salt Lake, Salt Lake's a fun place, but it's just not an NBA culture kind of place, right? It's just not that sort of place. Like yeah, Carl Malone had to it. get tricked into thinking they had fireworks for his birthday, right? Because there's fireworks on Pioneer Day. That's Carl Malone's birthday. Fireworks are for him, right? That's sort of yeah. one of the famous local legends. Oh, that's awesome. So, Justin, who are uh, who are you going? I I think I got to go with the Denver Nuggets based on, you know, mostly a lot of what you guys are saying, honestly. I think you guys make a good point for them. I'm honestly, I'm surprised. I feel like you know, it's a closed Zoom call that we're in right now, but I'm I'm really surprised Daniel didn't just like bust in later. Like, let me tell you about the Nuggets. Yeah, last week's guest, Daniel. If you guys listened, uh, you remember he's a big Colorado sports guy. He's a big Nuggets fan, and uh, I was just gonna say that too. I'm sure uh, he would be ecstatic to know that we all picked the Nuggets. They're a tough out. They're a tough out. I think for anybody. So Nuggets are yeah. the board for us. We got to make a pact not to tell Daniel that we picked the Nuggets. He's got to find out by listening. So if he doesn't listen, he never has to know that we picked the Nuggets. All right. I'm in. I'm in. All right. Last series, Houston and Oklahoma City. Rockets, Thunder. Justin, we'll let you start. Oh, I don't know that that's a good choice. Um, (laughs) That's why I did it. (laughs) Justin, are you familiar with the beard? I I am familiar with the beard. That's, I was going to say, is he healthy right now? Uh, currently he is as far as I know because that's James Harden is one of those players again even with my limited fandom of of basketball my little limited patronage I know James Harden and I know was that it was a couple of years ago now right it must have been three years ago holy cow because I was still in Bozeman where he where he got he broke his ankle didn't he uh I don't know I don't know if he ever broke his ankle. Are you thinking of Gordon Hayward? I could very well be. I thought James Harden had gotten hurt, though. Well, he, I think he got hurt, but I know Gordon Hayward was the one that broke his leg a couple of years ago on opening. Maybe, maybe oh, that's right. what I'm thinking of. Yeah. But anyway, yeah, James Harden is one of those players I, I do know regardless of how much I've lost basketball. So I know he's a talented player. I've also seen some folks comment online that he's a bit of a flopper. Um, and I don't know how true that is. Again, I don't. I haven't watched him too much. It can be. You know, it's. I. I, I think the Rock is who I'm going to have to go for, just because I know more about them than the than Oklahoma City. Um, I, I cede the floor to the people that know much more about this, and will will educate me so I can look as like not such a fool. 
Go for it, Ryan. You know, Houston, like, I feel like they're just so divisive in the basketball community because, like, for one, you know, James Harden, his flopper status, right? Like, they really like their free throws. They sort of almost run offense to get free throws sometimes. And then, two, like, they sort of have forgotten that big people are supposed to play basketball, and they're just playing small people right now. And then they've also decided that only two different shots exist, layups and dunks and three-point shots. You either love it or you hate it to watch it. And so, I don't know, I sort of kind of like it, to be honest. But it's they're just so divisive. Yeah, well, and I remember uh, it was kind of when the bubble was starting in the Houston coach – I remember he said they were asked about uh, social distancing and he said, well, it shouldn't be a problem for us because that's how we play defense anyway. And uh, <laughs> there's not a whole lot of defense. I think it's going to be another one of those high scoring series. And it's a, it's a series that is chalked full of revenge and maybe some bad feelings between players on it. You've obviously got uh, Westbrook, who was with the Thunder last year, and it could be argued that Mr. Lillard ended his tenure in Oklahoma City in the playoffs last year. Uh, You've got Harden, who was also once upon a time a Thunder, and you've got uh, Chris Paul over there with the Thunder now, formerly of the Rockets. Yeah, there's a lot of interesting storylines that are kind of woven into this series as far as like personal things go, I don't know how much that's going to translate onto the floor. I bet, I bet it gets chippy for sure, especially later in the series. <laughs> uh, I did end up going with Houston, but this is another one that I wouldn't be surprised if it went seven. I think that they're, I mean, I really like Steven Adams for the Thunder. I think he's one of the more athletic big men in the whole league. This is just another tough one to call, but yeah, I did go with Houston uh, at the end of the day. So, Ryan, this is your chance to be different again. You're the worst because I am going to go with Houston, but I will say Stephen Adams is the best rebounder in the NBA playing against a team who is the worst rebounding team in the NBA. So if he comes up big, there's a real chance for the Thunder here, especially since Westbrook's going to miss a few games at bare minimum. but it's, it's hard. I, I don't know, man. Houston's so good. Yeah. Well, the Houston really, at least to me, feels like they live and die by the, the long ball. I think I saw where they set a new NBA record over the last three seasons each year of threes attempted, yeah. three points made. So I don't know if that's necessarily a good thing. I guess if they're on, it's a good thing, but I don't know. But yeah, I think Houston too. Um, guys, we were really boring with these picks. I think the only differing one of the whole set was Ryan picked Indiana and we both picked uh, Miami, Justin. So yeah, we're on this together. So. (laughs) Yeah. Again, let's uh, I don't, I just don't know enough to be spicy with these picks. So I I'm I'm picking safe. I think it's hard in the first round, right? Because on one hand you got teams that just seem to be much, much better teams than other teams. Right. So you get like the bucks and the magic again, even though the magic won that game, they're just not remotely as good a team as the bucks are. And then you get those spots where sort of toward the middle, there's this really cool matchup, right? Houston, Houston and the thunder, but it's basketball. It's so, so hard not to pick the team with just the one single best player. Right. Yeah. Because that player can just take over and put up half the scoreboard easily and it's not even that ridiculous when they do it anymore because it just we're seeing so many 50 60 point games now and i mean i i will say that's kind of what i did when i made my picks i i i went with players and that just seems to be the kind of league the nba is anymore so i don't know we'll see how right or wrong we are on these um whatever we do we're doing it together for the most part so we (laughs) That we made our pact about the Denver Nuggets. Um, no one tells Daniel. Anyone listening out there that might. Are we going to tell him that all three of us picked the Jazz in a surprise upset? Yeah, if the Jazz <laughs> win, we'll tell him that. He doesn't need to know. Yep. Uh, that, of course, he listens to the podcast, though. So, Daniel, when you get this, um, go ahead and tweet at us with your thoughts. 
So I think that will wrap up our basketball talk. And in the little time we have left, the other thing we wanted to touch on, just because it's such a prominent story in the sports world right now, is these colleges and universities across the country opting out of fall football and, well, fall sports in general, but football's the big one, and then pushing it to spring. I just real quick want your guys' thoughts on how you think that's going to go and whether or not it's the right thing to do. So what, whatever you guys think, I'd love to hear it. Yeah, I think, you know, I think it's an interesting call to push it to spring. It's something that seems kind of like, oh, yeah, obviously push it to spring um, in my mind. But I didn't think of it before this for whatever reason, because I, I mean, college football is just in high school and all football really has just been so ingrained in me for so long to be a, a fall game. Um, but I think it's a, it's a good idea because you've got these juniors and seniors that are reaching the end of their time playing, playing this college sport that if the season doesn't go, they don't get to play their last season. And that's if they're, they're a player that's thinking of entering the draft or stepping up their game to the next level in, in any of the other sports, they lose that last season to, you know, for some of them could be a make it or break it year. They lose that tape. They lose that footage. They, they don't get the scout at that game. And they, they end up going from someone who in a pre COVID world would have gotten drafted and gone on to be a professional athlete to now someone who, whose sports career got ended because of COVID. Hopefully we can get this whole pandemic squared away acting like it's a, a simple invoice or something at a business saying square away, but hopefully, you know, we can get, get COVID kind of wrangled, so to speak, and we can get ourselves back on track. And, you know, these athletes are able to play because I'd rather have wonky spring football than no college football at all. Well, I think it's a really good choice because like you think about a football season is going to last around four months, right? It's going to last probably, you know, from late August, through to the last of the bowl games are finishing up in early January. Think about four months ago where we were, right? We were just coming out of our lockdown four months ago. Like it's, everything's just changing so, so, so fast. And so I think like, you know, just saying, let's just wait, let's wait another four months. Let's see where we are. We'll make another decision then. Obviously everybody's still, you know, theoretically it's the same, you know, school year, right? Like it doesn't seem as drastic as trying to, you know, to do anything else. You think about, right, what happened with the basketball season, right? Like there's, it's just ended, right? The college basketball season, there's no answers, right? That really hurts, right? Like, yeah. what if this Dayton team was the team yeah. that, you know, won the big dance? And like, we didn't get to answer that question. And so to me, if we had like tried to start playing right now, and then, you know, something happened because that's just how this year has been, right? Things have been happening. It's been unpredictable. It's, and then all of a sudden, you know, some team is that you've never heard of is seven and zero, and they're you know they're they're looking at it, they're looking, they're trying to get in there, and then the season ends, and we never get to answer that question. Like it's the good thing for you know setting setting aside all the social whatever, but even just to make sure that it's going to give us a better chance of having a season. Like I think that's a good thing for the game itself. Yeah, and I, I like what you said about this this virus and our information with it moving so fast because I I'm experiencing that right now as a teacher, you know. Uh, with our opening plan, we're going, you, we've yo-yoed back and forth from everybody having to wear masks at school and everybody not, depending on the amount of cases. And it, it, it changes, it changed on a weekly basis. But, you know, by the time these next four months roll around and we get towards the spring, there could be potentially maybe a vaccine or maybe we just know more about it and have a better way to prevent uh, COVID spread. So it, it could have huge implications on that side that, you know, they could come back and play games with fans in the stadiums. They get four months to learn from what all the other sports are doing, right? They get yeah. They get that time to learn from what happens with the NBA bubble, from what happens with the MLB, from what happens in Europe with the soccer that's playing right now. Mm-hmm. Like they get to see this worked, this didn't. The Marlins had an outbreak, and and sort of factor that in because again, the worst thing that's going to happen is if we try to start a season. And then it has to end because it's not working because players are getting COVID because it's spreading because there's hot spots popping up around it. That's the worst thing yeah. that can happen. And of course it could have the, you know, on the same, 
or on the opposite side of that same coin that I was saying earlier, that it could get worse is the unfortunate fact. We just don't know right now. This could keep spreading. We could be back in a lockdown at that point. Well, so I think it's partially a gamble, but I think it's a, it's a good, it's a good bet to make. Yeah. And, and what you guys are saying, I totally agree with as far as the athletes go, especially seniors, um, scholarships, all that stuff. Yes. Give them their year, give them this year to play their sport. And so from that point of view, I understand why they did it. But a part of me almost wonders too, if maybe they shouldn't have just called it all together. And I know that would hurt for a lot of people, but I don't, the only thing I'm concerned about, and again, I'm thinking specifically of college football here, but it really does apply to all the other fall sports that are being pushed to spring. I don't get how you're going to ask those kids who aren't seniors compete in the spring and then theoretically compete next fall too. That's not going to be much of an off season. And so I'm sure they'll find a way to do it. I'm just curious as to how, if, and when they attempt to do that, you're going to see, I think more beat up teams next fall. I think you're going to see maybe less quality competition and maybe I'm completely misguided in saying that, but that was my biggest question about all of this. And then the other thing specifically related to college football that I'm really confused about is you have some of the conferences saying no, and then you have some that are saying, yes, we're still going to go this fall. So like the PAC 12 and the big 10 have completely axed the idea, but you still have the ACC the big 12 and the sec saying, well, we're still going to try to go this fall. And so you're not going to be able to crown a true national champion. You're not going to be able to, you know, no matter what happens, this season's going to go down as weird and nothing will probably stick in the grand scheme of sports history, but it just, yeah, there's a lot of questions that come up and I'm sure there are questions that these conferences and presidents of universities are saying, well, we can worry about answering those later. We're trying to, and, and I get that, they're trying to make the best decision for their student athletes right now. And uh, well, one interesting thing I heard too is just a very specific example, the Ivy League, who was kind of the first to break off and go the spring football route, they have entertained the idea of just sticking with spring ball after this altogether, which I think would be kind of neat. But for them too, it's a very, unique situation because they they play football at the FCS level but they don't compete much outside of their own league and they don't compete in the FCS playoffs so it really would have no bearing on the rest of the teams nationally as far as that goes but so I'm not so concerned I guess as much as the idea of wonky spring football on its own I'm more concerned with how it's going to readjust back to quote-unquote normal after that because it's going to be a really short turnaround time if they try to do it next fall we do see a decent chunk of athletes at at least at the college level they play they play football and then they play basketball as well so they're or even football and track and they're they're these dual sport athletes so you know you see them deal with those short turnaround times in between sports and that's you know we see the same thing in our high school kids too they they have such short turnarounds. I've got kids that I teach that are three sport a year kids. You know, they go from football to wrestling to track. I, I see where you're coming from. And, you know, it's not necessarily a good thing, but they do have, or a lot of athletes do deal with that short turnaround or even shorter turnarounds. Um, yeah. Not that it's a good thing. But that's a good point. And uh, the other thing you mentioned that's, I think, important to talk about for the ones that are good enough to take it up the next level. I know the NFL has entertained the idea if they need to of pushing the draft back and pushing the combine back mm-hmm. to accommodate for those guys, which I think is good. I mean, they need to do that because like you said, there are going to be these guys who had the chance to go pro or go up a level. And then this happened and it really threw a bad wrench into their senior. Yeah. Season. And I think we see so many people right now that, that end up getting overlooked that if if they don't play the season, then you're going to be looking at the standouts of last season, you know, like the the Trevor Lawrence's that doesn't necessarily stand for how well they would 
transition or even play the next season. Like we could think about um, players in the past that had a great, great, great season the year before they elected to enter the draft. And then their final season, they end up having a major career ending injury, or it turns out that one year was a fluke, whatever. What I will say though, in, in response to your Ivy league uh, news, them considering a play spring ball, you know, in reality, it shouldn't, it shouldn't matter when colleges play their football games. And, and I know fall makes a lot of sense. I, I shouldn't say that it, but it shouldn't matter because ultimately that football should be able to be scheduled at the best time for the student athletes because it's right there in their name. They're student athletes. And I know that's something I've seen a lot of is schools like being very concerned with their financial status with the potential lack of football revenue and if that's the case then you're a football school um with you're you're a football program with with school on the side and that's not what these universities and programs should be they should be making sure that their students athlete or not are getting the best education they can because in a lot of cases and as three relatively recent graduates i think we all feel this you pay a lot of money for that education it shouldn't just be, you know, money that you're putting towards a football program. Well, I've seen both at my time at MSU and on on TV, and I think one of the one of the good examples of it is the Hard Knock Show on Netflix, where a lot of the kids just they're like, "We're here to play football. We don't care about our education." Oh, you mean Last Chance You? Last Chance You? Yeah, sorry, Hard Knocks. It's totally different program. Yeah, yeah, I got, I got it though. But yeah, last chance you, and they don't care about their education. And it's like, most of you aren't going to the next level. You need to have that fallback plan. And sorry, I'm on a rant about college athletes and student athletes. uh, But there needs to be a mentality shift, in my opinion, that you've got to, if you get the chance to get that education, you've got to take that chance. And I'll get off my soapbox. Anyway, go ahead, Jared. What were you saying? I was just going to say, whether it's right or wrong, um, and I, I do think, it's wrong if we're being candid, but uh, a lot of schools, their biggest cash cow is their football team. It's a big revenue bringer. I mean, you think of those, you think of your Ohio States and your Michigans and your Alabamas of the world where they have those huge hundred thousand person stadiums and, you know, you Mm -hmm. fill those up every Saturday. That's yeah. It's, it's an unfathomable amount of money that you're bringing in. And yeah, so I think you're absolutely correct. You hit the nail on the head that, a lot of this motivation is coming from a financial standpoint. You know, I think they can say all they want. They're trying to keep the best interests of their student athletes in mind. And maybe they are to an extent, but it's money and money talks and it always has in college sports. And this is no different. Yeah. I think that's something that we should talk about on an episode at some point, because you've told me a lot of your own research about the money trail for some of these, these college games. Um, unbelievable and it's unbelievably corrupt <laughs> yeah anyway that's that's a th- something for another day do you have any uh any thoughts ryan sorry i've been kind of hogging the hogging the well, mic here no you're good the last thing sort of as a follow-up to what you were talking about about the importance of the education of it all that i think is sort of cool is i saw they were floating if they hadn't at least just decided to do it to give everyone another year of eligibility oh really is another year yeah, which I think would be really good because one, nobody knows what's going on this year, right? Like that's just a given. Yeah. And that's a given on the academic side as well, right? Like again, the academic plans are changing so fast. And a lot of what college is about is hard when during in the middle of all this. But one, to give everybody another year to say, like, hey, let's if you're gonna do this, you're gonna do this right, you're gonna get your degree, you're gonna learn. But two, for the people who really are on it and are going to get their degree in four anyway, that's a year toward a master's degree if it's something you want, right? That's like, that's really important to give these people another big, like, hey, you know, maybe because the athletics didn't go this year, that's like, that's something that hurt you. But you now have such a huge, such a huge heads up being able to start, jumpstart it, you know, further education like that, if that's something you desire, right? So I'd really, really like to see them do that if they haven't already locked into doing that. Yeah, that's a that's a really, really good point. So that's going to about wrap things up for us. But uh, Ryan, thanks so much for joining us here. It was great to talk to you. Your basketball knowledge far exceeded Justin and my own. So, yep, it's, uh, it was great having you on, Ryan. We really appreciate it.
Yeah, thanks for having me. If you ever want to do a soccer episode, give me a call. I'd love to jump on even just to listen. Absolutely. That'd be a lot of fun. Yeah, I Ryan, know now the way to get to, to visit with you is having you on the podcast. <laughs> Ryan will be our soccer guy also, that's for sure. <laughs> All right. Um, hey, I'm well, in. Sounds fun. Well, if no one else has got anything, um, I guess we'll call it here. Thank you all for listening. As always, this is a ton of fun to do, and we hope you guys enjoy listening to us. Thank you from everyone here. Never forget, party like it's 1976.